freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode number 359 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearmsauctions.com, where you set the price on guns, ammo, and accessories. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. Our theme today is inaugural recoil NFT auction. That's a lot of words. That's a lot of words. Yes. <laughs> and our guest today is Chris Chang. Chris is a self-taught competitive shooter and tech guy who beat out 17 competitors to become History Channel's top shot season four champion. Yeah, where's the cheer, uh, cheering? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Chris is a techno nerd and Asian American and openly gay, single-handedly breaking the stereotype of the average American gun owner and Second Amendment advocate. And combining guns and tech, Chris recently created a groundbreaking NFT digital art auction along with Recoil Magazine. Hey, Chris, how are you doing? I am great. Thanks for having me on, Dan and Cheryl. This is exciting to have you back on. It's been far too long. And to talk about this whole NFT auction thing, just NFTs all by themselves. Uh, you know, you can start seeing the little uh, the little squirrel running on the wheel in my head because it, I am super derpy when it comes to those things. And I know that it all kind of started culminated with this historic all by itself this uh episode episode um edition of recoil magazine do they has all have that signature historic oh and mine is personally signed but, there's you a know. special <laughs> mine <laughs> is special um so <clears throat> this cover is historic the auction is historic there's so much to talk about and i really kind of need to just hand it over to you with words of congratulations that this auction to me at least looks hugely successful so let's hear what you think about it yeah absolutely you know this this groundbreaking first of its kind nft digital art auction in the firearm space was tremendously successful and we sold 10 nfts of the recoil issue 56 cover art and those 10 NFTs generated $31,000 in wealth. Wow. And right, this is fascinating, right? To, to see a digital form of art, right? Generate that much money. Cause I think right, we're all used to seeing physical art, right? Or physical collectibles, physical goods, right? Uh, being uh, purchased, traded and sold for, for real dollars. And there is this tremendous move into the digital space around digital, you know, uh, digital ownership of items, and it is—it's a little bit of a mind bender, 
at first, right? To and, and trust me, like for the first, I've been following NFTs for a year now. For the first three months, I was a skeptic, I was confused, but I, I understood some of the core tenets of what was happening. And after those first three months, you know, I went from skeptic to believer. And you know, in short, you know, what's been happening is there's this new technology called the blockchain. And it's you know connected to cryptocurrencies, and essentially the blockchain. It is this public ledger, and it's this public ledger that can ascribe characteristics such as ownership, how much uh, a price was paid for a digital good, and it makes it public. And it's that provenance. It is that pricing history uh, it, it, that that brings uh, authenticity and accurate history around these digital goods. So I'll pause there for a moment because I know like that in itself was uh, probably possibly mm -hmm. a lot, but the NFT auction was a, a huge success. And, you know, I implore listeners to pay attention to the NFT space because, you know, it has some tremendously positive implications for the gun community, for gun rights. And, uh, you know, I can definitely talk a little bit about uh, uh, what my vision is, you know, for NFTs in the, in the gun community space. But yeah, let's, let's maybe dig into the general NFT concept. And, uh, I, I know so, that's so Chris, I'm, you know, I'm older than dirt. And so, you know, I, I kind of like things in my hand, but can we start out for the, for us old folks? What does NFT stand for? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, it's a great one. So NFT stands for non-fungible token. And it's a real kind of like geeky you know, description of basically saying a unique digital collectible. Okay. When you hear so, NFT, just think of it's a unique digital collectible, right? If, if there is an NFT that there can be like 50,000 versions, right, of a particular NFT. And, it can, it, and we're talking about a JPEG file, a movie file, uh, maybe it's a PDF or a 3D CAD animation file. But it's it's a digital file that is there's a unique instance of that file that is ascribed to someone's personal ownership. So that's what uh, an NFT is, right? So if you hear NFT, think digital collectible. So, okay, so you, I'm sorry. Okay. But so so you did the cover art of the Recoil magazine, and so you made that a digital form, and then you sold it at auction. And brought all kinds of great money for a good cause. How did could you go, how do you do that? Well, I want to ask a question first before okay. Chris dives into that angle. I just wanted to talk about the idea of it being a public ledger, digital ownership, and provenance. And we do have an auction house. We have pot of gold auctions, and now all of our gun sales go through through the auction. And every once in a while, we'll get something like George Washington's signature, right, on something. And so I'm sitting here going, wouldn't it be amazing if we knew for a gajillion percent fact that that wasn't a forgery, that that was an actual George Washington signature, because the provenance would be so irrefutably traced back to its source, right? And so you're saying with these NFTs, that is now possible, but 
I still struggle with the idea that do I actually have a piece of paper with George? Do, I mean, I have this magazine that you signed for me, but I participated in the auction and now I have a digital version of it. So I'm, I'm still trying to marry those two worlds together, but I, I wanted to ask you before we dive into Danny's question, am I on the right track when I am trying to compare the provenance that we wish we had with historical items or artifacts and, and what this new world is offering us? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So you're spot on and it is the blockchain that is the verifiable proof of provenance and the chain of custody, the, the ownership. And so, you know, for all of these NFTs, the, the recoil NFTs that we just sold, you know, so it's going to show that it came from my digital wallet. Right. And, you know, congratulations to Gun Freedom Radio for, for you know, being a part and winning, you know, one of these 10 very rare NFTs. Right. So when the NFT right hits your digital wallet, that will happen. We're going to be doing the transfer here, you know, in, in due order. Everyone in the world is going to be able to see that Gun Freedom Radio's you know, NFT that they own came from me. Right. And so that and that's really important. So here, let, let's let's take another example here. Snoop Dogg, apparently he is a big NFT collector. Rumor has it that he has about $20 million worth of NFT you know, art and digital collectibles. Now, I assume that at some point Snoop Dogg is going to start selling some of those NFTs. And people are going to go bonkers, right? Buying an NFT that was owned by Snoop Dogg, right? And and, and it's, again, kind of this mental uh, gymnastics of like, well, okay, wait, so Snoop Dogg is basically, he's selling a digital file and he's going to transfer from his digital wallet to someone else's wallet. But it's like, it's, it's, it's to be, you know, anybody can take a screenshot though, right? Of let's say it's a picture, right? That, mm -hmm. that, uh, that, that Snoop Dogg is going to sell. Well, anybody can take a picture, you know, of that same like JPEG. But the thing is, right, if it's just a copy like if you take a picture with your cell phone, it's like the equivalent of going to see the Mona Lisa, right? Mm -hmm. And you take a picture of the Mona Lisa with your cell phone, like mm -hmm. that, that, that digital copy is worth nothing because, right, unless you are a famous artist or a museum curator, but even still, right, mm -hmm. a, a, a digital copy does not have the same value as an authentic digital version, right, of that same item that has a digital stamp of authenticity, right? Proof that, you know, the content creator, right? Mm -hmm. The artist, right? We need the proof that the artist, right? Created it and it came from them. So that's sort of um, another way to kind of think about, you know, the, what's the analogy to the physical world with, you know, kind of digital or uh, physical collectibles mm -hmm. and physical art. Mm -hmm. There is very much a parallel, right? Kind of paradigm in the digital mm -hmm. space. Mm -hmm. I get it. It, it. it is really still, you own it. I mean, you, you, you possess it, you feel it. Right. You so touch I'm sitting it, so. here thinking like if we had um, like we did at, at some point, we had a hat that supposedly a cowboy hat that was supposedly owned by John Wayne, right? He didn't make the hat, but he owned it and he wore it. And now everybody else that, that owns it down the line, they want to reference back, you know, it's not just a hat. It looks like a bunch of other hats. It has this particular provenance. So with this Snoop Dogg thing, 
Well, he didn't make the NFT necessarily, but he owned it at one point. And there are going to be people that are like, I have this thing that Snoop Dogg had in his digital wallet at some time. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Boom. Yep. That's it. And, and uh, it's a fascinating new paradigm, right? That, that we're, that we're quickly moving into. And, you know, one, one other example that's kind of helped me concretize this NFT concept is going back to a physical analogy. I used to collect baseball cards growing up. Mm -hmm. Now, if you think about baseball cards, they are pieces of cardboard, right? That have ink and designs like on literally the cheapest like piece of like material out there right yet there are baseball cards right that can sell for millions of dollars right Right. or you buy them for right uh, four dollars right and you you sit on them and depending on how the player performs or the team that he's on performs the pricing of those baseball cards can go up or go down so there's a similar, again, paradigm in the digital space with NFTs, right? You've got these collector cards in digital form and depending, uh, so the NBA, right? They're the, at the moment, they're the big leader in doing this, right? The NBA is selling NFT video clips of their basketball players hitting slam dunks and game-winning three-pointers and people are buying these video clips for right anywhere between you know four dollars and thousands of dollars you know the there's been these famous lebron james like 15 second video clips that are selling for almost like four hundred thousand dollars right just for one short video clip of lebron james you know hitting these slam dunks but cheryl right to your point people love collecting and being a part, feeling connected to a brand or a celebrity or an athlete and being able to say, I own a part of whatever sort of, you know, connected experience, right? Whether it's a John Wayne, you know, John Wayne's cowboy hat or, you know, a famous, you know, cowboy revolver that maybe was used by Annie Oakley, um, right? So all, all of this sort of the connectedness, right? That's really uh, being able to relate to mm-hmm. also, to be frank, you know, a, a lot of people, we all love peacocking, right? And showing off the things <laughs> that we own, sure. right? Whether it's you know, peacocking your sports cars or your firearms, or in this case, it's it's digital goods, right? People mm-hmm. saying, right, uh, right, for example, you know, the winners of the recoil NFT auction, right? there's only 10 of them, right? The and serious bragging Radio. rights. I'm just telling serious- you, bragging rights for me. Right. And yeah. I wasn't even in like, I wasn't number one, you know, but I wasn't, you know, no, you know, number 10, I was right in the middle, still it's bragging rights for me. And I don't even understand why yet you're helping me understand, but I'm still super excited that I was part of this historic event. It is amazing. Right. And so, and here's why I believe NFTs have this exponential positive effect is because right you are now one of 10 right rare nft owners of this magazine cover now what does it represent right it represents the notion that the second amendment is for all mm. right and if, if when people you know say hey cheryl dan like what are you guys up to you know what, what are some interesting things that you've done lately 
you know, you are probably talking about, you know, this NFT auction and the mm -hmm. fact that you bought and won this mm -hmm. NFT and people are going to ask you, well, right, what is the NFT? Like, and why did you buy it? Right. And this is a conversation starter, right? This is, this is literally how advocacy works, right? Mm -hmm. Advocacy is about right opening the door to have a conversation about a topic and for a lot of people right in the in the gun rights space you know the 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 topic of firearms can be very uncomfortable you know especially for uh, sort of the, the neutral crowd who doesn't maybe know much about firearms but maybe if they understand nfts right, or they want to learn more about like what is this digital art collector's world yeah right art right if you just think about art in general right mm -hmm. art or collecting anything mm -hmm. it can be a level of abstraction right where you're talking about um a cause or you know in this case we're talking about a constitutional right but right when you talk about it in an art form right mm -hmm. art can make very controversial subjects and topics, much more approachable, right? Mm. And less scary, right? Because mm. we're not talking about actual guns in this case, we're talking about digital art, right? It's mm -hmm. a fire firearms, you know, with me on the cover of a magazine representing not only the gun community, but the LGBT community and the Asian American community. And right, clearly people should, I think are going to feel like less threatened, right, talking mm -hmm. about firearms, if we're talking about digital art, right, or digital collectibles. So not only do I believe there's going to be literal, you know, dollars and cents value, right, that's already been generated, right, with this NFT auction, but it's going to generate the conversation, right. So and any of us who want to enhance and expand our advocacy, right, and our impact, I believe NFT, digital art, digital collector's cards, and really expanding into this digital collection ecosystem and paradigm is going to be not just a very fun activity, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. it's going to be very impactful from a gun culture perspective as well. I, I really um, love that whole, that it's, it could be a real crossover for people who, you know, want to engage in the nft world and now we've got a talking point that kind of draws them into the the idea of firearms ownership and and second amendment advocacy and it gives us another point of similarity to connect and i think that's only good now poor dan he's been no. sitting here with his question hanging no I, you know I, it's just hard to okay so you made this digital picture here so what do you do to make that so that it's recognized in the wallet thing that you were talking yeah. about yeah great question so there are a number of websites that allow a content creator or a content owner to upload whatever file or files you want and do a process what's called minting minting an nft minting just means creating an nft mm -hmm. so anybody can mint an nft but you know, if you just if you think about general commerce, you know, just because you mint something or create something and put it up for sale, it doesn't necessarily mean that people will pay for it. Right. right? There's the same level of kind of marketing and salesmanship and branding and explaining to people like, well, what's unique or why is this thing interesting? Right. Is is the digital good itself interesting? or is the provenance, right? Part of why someone would, you know, pay to uh, own this digital good. 
you know, right? So, so some of the similar physical kind of sales uh, dynamics exist in the digital world as well, right? So you can't just mint an NFT and expect to, you right. know, uh, make a huge profit. Like you still gotta, right? Like establish the brand. You, well, you have to create a good product, right? The right. NFT needs to be something, right? What, what would people want to own, right? Why would they value it? And then, right, as, as uh, all of us who are content creators, right? We need to generate and create things that people value. So, uh, but yeah, the good news though, right, anybody can create an NFT, but again, just because you create one doesn't mean that it's necessarily worth anything. So in the, in the autograph world, people who collect autographs, there are like five autograph certification companies throughout the, the world. And each one of those autograph uh, certificate people say the other one's no good. So everybody's fighting each other about whose autograph authentication is right and whose is wrong. Could we get into this thing with the wallet situation where some people say that this wallet's not, you know, something's not good here? I, I, am I on the right page? Yeah, that's a, it's a really, yeah, that's a really fascinating question. So I think right now, my, 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 from what I've seen, I don't think there's that much controversy around sort of the authenticity of digital signatures. And the reason why is because the owner is still alive, right? The person digitally signing the goods are still alive. So for example, you know, I know that there's 10, uh, right? 10 versions, right? Of the recoil cover NFT uh, art. And if somebody, right, said, oh, you know, uh, I own the 11th. Well, I'm alive and I can just like, right? Like clearly deny and, and uh, right? Like, throw cold water right on that claim because there's only 10 right there is no 11th you know serial uh serialized nft now what happens though after i die right yeah. you know uh 100 years from now right when people are looking back um you know, maybe maybe there is going to be a need for some kind of uh auth authentication mm -hmm. entity right it's if you think about i think about back to either baseball cards or museum curators Right. Or in this case, right. Uh, signature authorities, you know, right. I th there's probably going to be a whole sub, you know, ecosystem of digital authentication over time. Mm -hmm. I don't really know exactly, um, you know, what that might look like. Um, but there's some chatter about having um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Digital art appraisers. Right. Yes. Right. And and, and having, you know, that's uh, got to happen. Yeah. It's, that's, it's probably, it does mm -hmm. because, because you've made 10 and Joe Blow makes 11 and he just, he just publishes it as the 11th one. And if you don't see it, there ought to be some way that some authority, some on, authority that on some authority on that. Yeah. And, and then I was going to say where I thought you were headed and I, I like that you went the direction you did. Uh, you know, the, the idea that I know that you signed this, I stood there, I watched you do it, but then, you know, as you said, 50 years from now or whatever, somebody else might go, well, how do I know Chris Chang signed that? That doesn't, but if, if there was maybe somebody took a video of you signing it, right? And then yeah. we could NFT that now, I mean, is that a possibility when we want to know that something is, is super genuine, this blockchain technology, that could be a way of saying that it doesn't matter if, um, 
you know, two different, uh, entities are saying, no, that signature is not genuine. And I say that signature is genuine, uh, that we've got this authority in a digital form that said, no, look, see how that he did that swoop right there. That's exactly how that is. See how the pen yeah. skipped right there. That's exactly is, am I completely off on the wrong track about that? So I think right in this example, right, we're, we're talking about, right, I, I signed a physical good, right, in this case, and then I digitized the physical item. So I think mm -hmm. in, in this paradigm, right, your example, right, I think, yeah, yeah, having like video proof, right, of sort of, right, uh, establishing the physical signature. But for a lot of NFTs, there's only a digital version of that thing. I mean, you know, what we did with Recoil is pretty new even just for the publishing industry in general right like there just aren't a lot of magazine publishers that have somebody signing a physical magazine and then digitizing you know that and selling that so i mean that that in itself was also uh, pretty groundbreaking for recoil mm -hmm. and you know i've been talking to recoil that i think nfts have a huge potential to disrupt the publishing industry and disrupt in a good way right if you think about Right. Over the past 20 years, the publishing industry has really struggled, right, with this move from analog to digital, mm -hmm. right? It's just like becoming increasingly easy for us to not buy the newspaper, not buy a physical magazine, right? You just, we just kind of consume more and more of our news and media in the online space. But with this recoil auction, I believe this is a new revenue stream, right, for recoil, for, you know, they have other... Uh, magazine properties, you know, in the the magazine publishing uh, company, the the holding company, and if you can imagine, right, that every time there's a new recoil magazine cover, that they can do a similar NFT auction, or they could instead of an auction, maybe they just say, look, you know, we're going to mint forty thousand copies of the digital art that's going to be, you know, digitally signed either by recoil or if there's some notable gun person on the cover, right? That could be digitally signed by them. Mm -hmm. And maybe instead of an auction, it's just 40,000 of them sold at $20 a piece, mm -hmm. right? Just a flat, a flat price and just, you know, first come first serve. And once they're gone, they're gone kind of thing, right? There's so many different business models mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so, yeah, I'm talking to Recall and trying to encourage them, you know, to uh, keep going, right? With this NFT auction or NFT, ecosystem because i believe you know this is the first shot across the bow um you know with, with the, my auction and i believe that there's this repeatable scalable business revenue stream that can um you know that can exist for recoil and um and, and lots of other areas within the gun community as well yeah i i, I like the idea of that like but i you said forty thousand. i i say maybe 10 10 copies of every issue that comes out with the who's ever on the cover is a, is a great idea. I, I, you know, Beanie Babies, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, we don't want, I mean, even an NFT Beanie Baby situation to happen where it's just they made so many that people just lost interest in it. Mm -hmm. But if I if I like a magazine, and I say, man, that would be so cool to have to collect all the covers mm -hmm. in an NFT form. But if there's 40,000 people doing it, eh, mm -hmm. I'm not going to worry. It's not, it's not important to me right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, so here's a cool thing about the collector's space in general, especially when it comes to sort of collecting them all. Now, the Beanie Baby, Baby example is a great one, right? Like you said, sort of like flood of the market, 
I remember the early days of Beanie Babies, right? They were very rare. Um, you'd have, you know, parents, you know, elbowing each other at, you know, Toys R Us to, you know, get the specific one that they wanted. And, and so it is a, it, it is kind of this balancing act, right? If you're a content creator, right, on the extreme end of this of the spectrum, right, do you go with just minting one, right, and making it a hyper rare one of one, or do you go on the other end and go, you know, yeah mint 40,000 or a hundred thousand, right. Mm -hmm. Of a particular thing, but then you sell it for cheap mm -hmm. right. pros and cons to each, you know, for me, since we are in the early days of NFTs, you know, I actually, I think for the next NFT sale or initiative that I get involved in, I, I think I want to go on the, the higher quantity of NFTs. And here's why, like any new technology or platform or experience, the more users, right, the more people, the more eyeballs you, you get on the thing, the more people you can bring into the new thing, right. the better. Right. right now, the while we raised $31,000 in revenue with, you know, this 10 of 10 rare recoil NFT auction, there's only 10 winners, right? There's only 10 owners, but right, it would be, uh, we, we can create this rich ecosystem if we have 40,000 or 50,000 owners, right? We're, we need to grow this ecosystem. And, and the only way to do that is, right, by having more affordable, right, cheaper uh, NFTs. You know, the, the number one bidder in my recoil NFT auction paid $10,000 for serial so awesome. number one. So I mean, awesome. like mind blowing, <laughs> right? $10,000 for serial number one of this digital good. It's a cover that anybody could right, take a picture of the same magazine and say, oh, you know, well, I, here's my NFT. It's like, no, that's that's not an authentic NFT that came from Top Shot Chris Chang, right? It's okay. it's it's only 10 of them. And so, yeah, I, I want to yeah, expand this ecosystem, like onboard new users. So, uh, yeah, just some, some food for thought for, uh, yeah, for everybody's got 10,000. Right. But like you're saying, it's important to anchor it, you know, in a in a, you know, $10,000 range or more, but then you've also got to have the other end of the spectrum so that people can start playing the game. Well, yeah, right? if you don't have, so if I can start playing the game at, you know, right. 50 bucks or 20 bucks or whatever it is, then maybe once in a while I can be like, Oh yeah, I, I need that one for 5,000. Right. Or I need that one for 20,000. Well, well, the thing is that, but that I've got to have started. You're right on this. Point. You're right on this, Chris, the 40,000 you know, you're going to have 40,000 people talking about it, mm -hmm. where if 10 people buy it, you're going to have 10 people. And is they're limited to how many, especially getting something new, you know, out on the, on the uh, horizon there. So I, I guess I could see that, but, you know, getting back to all this stuff, the, the thing that I would want to make certain, because I think it would be cool to own something that Snoop Dogg opened, owned. I think that would be cool. So if I can be a 66 yeah. year old, right. White dude, I love right. it. Right. So, <laughs> you know, something. and I want something, I want something ludicrous on too. It's true. Okay? <laughs> so seriously. So, but when I buy that item, I need to make sure that I not only do I know that it came from him, but yeah. that it also, when I get rid of it, that the next person knows that it came from him. Yeah. Yeah. So let me address that. And then actually, I'd like to go back to your collecting comment prior. Right? So, right. The it's back to this blockchain right, technology that, right. Let's say you bought something from Snoop Dogg, you know, you will either you what's happening right now is you're either, one of two things are happening. 
buyers are buying them directly from the seller, right? So, you know, in the example, right, Snoop Dogg could just say, yeah, you know what, Dan Todd, I'll sell you this NFT for $10,000 and boom, it's literally just a direct one-to-one -one transaction. The other dynamic though is you've got auction houses like Christie's and Sotheby's, right? That they are the, you know, they're both authenticating the NFT, but right, then they're managing the auction and the sale uh, of, of the NFTs as well, right? So that's sort of your extra layer of protection. If it's like a, this, so there's this piece of art called Beeple. Beeple was a photography project where this artist took one picture a day for 5,000 days. And then he assembled all those 5,000 pictures into this big mosaic. And it's a digital mosaic. Sold for $69 million oh. at Christie's. I mean, it's like jaw dropping, like, wow. Like, who, I mean, someone just obviously has a lot of money to just, you know, flit around, but um, it, it really helped establish, right? Not just uh, the, the um, you know, the, again, like the, the provenance and, the you know well, what is right what is art and mm -hmm. we all just subjectively ascribe mm -hmm. value to mm -hmm. different pieces of art right i mean mm -hmm. you might look at the 69 million right uh people digital art and you'd be like you know what i don't think that's worth anything but mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter right what you or i think yeah it matters what the person who paid 69 million dollars thinks right yeah, like true. that person literally just like laid down a very clear line in the sand and said, right, this is worth $69 million. And so, other Dan, people, somebody must have thought it was worth 68 million because if it's an auction, right? right? And somebody mm -hmm. else must have thought it was worth 67. And so yeah, it, it is crazy. An auction takes two people. So you know, there was exactly. two people that valued it at that rough of, uh, amount. Indeed. And so Dan, right, the, your earlier comment, right, you, you know, wouldn't it be neat to collect like all the magazine covers, right, of Recoil, for example, right? So what's what's cool about the collector space in general is, right, there's this dynamic of I want to collect them all, right? I want to have the complete set. Now, what's happening in the NFT world when you have sets that can be completed is the content creator could offer additional perks or benefits if you do collect and complete right, all of the, all of a particular set. So here's an example. Let's say, let's say Recoil Magazine, they convert every single issue of Recoil, right? Since the beginning of time, they started selling them as NFTs and they could say, hey, look, anybody that has every single issue from 2015 we're going to issue you a bonus NFT, right? It'll be a distinct NFT uh, badge or coin, right? Or a, you know, a digital sort of trophy, if you will, to say, oh, you got the 2015 collection complete. Anybody, and then on a more extreme example, right? if anybody who collects them all, Recoil could give them a lifetime, you know, digital subscription or a physical subscription to the actual magazine or, one thing that I love that's happening with NFTs in general is that event promoters, like concert promoters, they're using NFTs as a way of basically selling a ticket, an actual like ticket to a physical event. So here's another just sort of spitballing idea back with the Recoil Magazine thing, right? So let's say, Dan, you collected all of the issue, the, the NFT Recoil covers from 2020. And Nicole could say, hey, Dan, congratulations. Here is a digital ticket to a social event 
that recoil is going to hold at the at shot show right and only people who have collected all of right the nfts from 2020 that have right this digital you know token uh can come to this in-person social event right where you get to interact with recoil staffers with the executives with you know maybe right maybe i'll i'm there because i was on you know a cover right so it could be this cool bridge from not just your digital experience but right bring it into the real world so there's actual you know real world experiences value and uh and, and fun that is awesome that <clears throat> the ideas are unlimited i believe um and one of the ways that uh our in our personal world our guide through this is our son-in-law jason and he keeps saying just think about all of this stuff this digital currency this nft stuff like the computers were home computers were in what did he say? The eighties, the nineties, I forget what he said, where it was like, okay, so you could send an email and I'm sitting there going, why would I, I, I got paper, I've got a pen. Like, what do I need with this email thing? Right. And yep. <laughs> now, you know, flash forward, I can't do without email. And it's just, you know, the, nobody really knew exactly what people were going to use websites for and, you know, all that kind of new digital connectivity. And, you know, he said, just, you know, just open your mind <laughs> to it and, and keep, you know, you yourself, Cheryl, you think of ideas that could be used, uh, that this technology could be used for. And I think just sitting here, I feel like, man, we've thought of a bunch of things and, you know, you, you get three people in any other room and you're going to get a whole bunch other uh, exactly. ideas. So it's, it, it, I believe it's in its infancy. I believe that this is a fun way to begin getting people used to it. Um, but I, I think the sky's the limit. I, I don't feel comfortable with the idea of going with a cashless society. And I think that digital currency, you know, leads us in that direction, but maybe this is somehow better, uh, that people could trade in digital coin. yeah I, you know, I think for me you know being a technologist you know i i think a lot of the time new technologies you know rarely completely replace the previous version of the thing right so I, like i don't think we're ever going to be in a 100 cashless society now i think at some point um yeah i think like you know, digital transactions um may outpace right physical cash uh, you know, transactions. If you think about hyperinflation, right, that's happening in, in many parts of the world. You have, you have governments that are abandoning their own currencies and they're going to digital currency, right? Because it's more of a, it's a decentralized, um, you know, uh, it's a decentralized standard cryptocurrency, right? That can't be manipulated by a government or by an organization. So it's pretty fascinating to see some, and again, Cheryl, to your point, this is all very early days. Uh, I mean, cryptocurrency has been around since, you know, around like 2011, 2012, but even still, right, you know, 10 some years later, I mean, it's still fairly new, right? The, 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 the sort of the, 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 the rules, the regulations, the, just the technology, you know, there's so many different cryptocurrencies available, but like any industry, 
or economy, right? Eventually, like things will settle down, right? There mm -hmm. will be winners, there will be losers, um, like any other sort of, you know, capitalist, uh, you know, type economy. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, the NFT world, it, yeah, I would say the NFT world, we are right now where we were with cryptocurrency 10 years ago with NFTs right now. Like NFTs, like this is, this is the sharp tip of the spear where this is the part where five years from now, people are going to look back and say, I wish I had gotten more into NFTs. I, I because right, that. It's the same thing, right? Because right now everyone, everyone's looking at Bitcoin being at $65,000 a coin saying, wow, you know, if only I got in Bitcoin back when it was $3,000, you know, but, but, but Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, like it's a little more like speculatory, right? It's, 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 that's more of a right investment vehicle. I mean, yes, NFTs are also, you know, definitely an investment vehicle, but again, they can just be fun, right? Mm -hmm. And anybody who likes collecting stuff, I'm a collector, yeah, anybody uh, who, who's collected things are gonna love NFTs. And, and then part of this fun is finding the, you know, the, which NFTs resonate with you, right? Which, which are the ones where you're like, you know, I will pay X number of dollars for this NFT because I like what it represents or literally I just like the way it looks and maybe mm -hmm. it's rare or maybe the opposite here. Here's a quick um, opposite example of rarity. You know, the recent inspiration for uh, rocket launch um, by, uh, by SpaceX, they had an auction of a digital inspiration for patch right? as a circular sort of, you know, patch digital patch and it had some animations right showing like the spaceship, you know, taking off. And they sold 260,000 NFTs of this digital animated patch for $4 each. Wow. And I bought one. I paid mm -hmm. $4, right? Because I was like, you know what? Like, this is a very cool moment in, yeah. in human history, right? To have like a reusable, right, rocket that can like, you know, go, you know, put people into space. And uh, I can, sh I either can just have that as a memento, yeah. right? Or just like remembering, right, this moment in time. Uh, or, right, if I want to like show it off to people, I can be like, hey, peacock. look at my inspiration for Pat. Peacocking. Yeah. Uh -huh. Exactly, right? If I want to peacock and be like, look, like I own a piece of the inspiration for experience, right? That's, uh, and so do 260,000 other people. But in that case, like, I'm glad there's 260,000 other people, right? That's like, that's sort of like, that's our own sort of bond, right? Our own, our mm -hmm. shared enthusiasm and shared mm -hmm. experience of, supporting this really momentous moment in, in humankind. And so let's just take that, right? That experience patch. I didn't even know about it. Had I known about it, yeah, four bucks, I'd, I might've done that. Um, but now all of those are owned by citizens. There's no more in the, the digital gift store, I guess, right? And so right. now if I wanna buy one, I have to find somebody who's wanting to sell it on the secondary market. I don't exactly. even know, is there an eBay of NFTs? Like yep. how do would I find this thing? Yeah, absolutely, right? So the nice thing is there's a mixture of open marketplaces. So I, I could put my inspiration for Apache you know, up for sale on one of these very public marketplaces. Um, if somebody, because you know they know me, Top Shot Chris Chang, and they wanted to see my NFTs, that I can make, you know, I'm they're they're publicly available, right? They could say, "Oh, I see Chris owns an Inspiration Four patch. I could receive an unsolicited bid, 
right? Mm -hmm. Someone say, hey, Chris, I can see you paid $4, but you know, I'm really inspired by SpaceX and I'm trying to collect all these SpaceX related patches. Would you sell it for $30? And I can say yes or no, right? So it's sort of this combination of un you can receive unsolicited offers, right? And this is really different in the digital space or right? because in the digital space, everything's transparent. Mm -hmm. People can search and find who owns, you know, which things that they want. Where in the analog world, boy, right? Like I have right. to go into eBay. Like, I, you know, I guess like eBay is our digital to analog example, right? To, if I'm looking for someone who owns physical things, or maybe I need to go to right, your auction, you know, to, you know, a pawn shop or at your store to like find physical things. But in the digital space, it's very easy to find uh, who owns what NFTs. You, so I could go to, and find out what you own in NFTs without you publishing anything? I could go find out? Well, so I need, you would need to know what my digital wallet address is. Okay. Right? So that's sort of a, a missing key, right? So for, for certain uh, digital art owners, right, they make their wallet address public, right? Because okay. they want a peacock. Like they literally want people to be like, right, go to my digital wallet and see all of the things that I own and brag about it or be like, right, oh, you know, right, there's always a story mm -hmm. around the things that we buy and sell. And there's, you know, sometimes drama and interesting stories or, you know, a bidding war, mm -hmm. you know, the, the bidding war that happened with the recoil NFT auction, you know, Gun Freedom Radio, I think, you know, with like maybe an hour before the auction end was sort of in the running sort of in the in sort of in the top five I was it a was winner like, for a minute yeah and <laughs> then a contender. And, yeah and then within in, in the last 15 20 minutes of the auction ending these two random people well not one was not random one was maj Ture. Uh, so maj Ture, you know jumped against in. you yeah he did Big oh, time. Yeah. i texted him. him i was like um what's this <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then him and this other bidder, I mean, they just started dropping huge bids. I mean, awesome. it was just like right, the two of them just literally pulled away from the pack. And mm -hmm. you know, they were, yeah, bait. Yeah, it was that. And then they ended at $10,072 for the number one wow. and two slots. And so you're right. It's like, it's that drama. It was like, wow, like that was, that was a very exciting moment. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, uh, yeah, seeing seeing that you know recur over and over again with very different NFTs is uh, you know part of the fun, and again, part of what drives value, right? How do we determine what something is worth? And a huge part of that is right. The what, what's the story? What's the mm -hmm. provenance? Like, but also, what is the object? Right? What is the thing that we're talking about? And right, why, why does it resonate? with people and why do we ascribe subjective value to it? And part of the value for me, I mean, there was, there was so many layers of value, but part of the value is I knew that the funds that you were collecting were supporting groups, the organizations that I believe in, that I think, you know, deserve help and deserve funds. And so uh, we haven't even talked about that. Can you yeah. <laughs> go into that for Well, wait a minute. Yeah, Before we do, yeah. I want to tell you that, you know, you mentioned, I got to correct something here. She said that she uh, would may have bought one of those patches. No, she wouldn't have. She'd have bought 10 of them. <laughs> and the second thing, the reason why I think this NF thing is going to really take off is because mom can't throw them away. Ah, like baseball cards yeah, and comic books, comic right? Yeah. Or imagine how many, 
how many patches or you know stickers right do we all collect from number numerous events that yeah end up in a drawer and yeah, yeah. years later right, you clear them out and but yeah in the digital world right all, all your nfts right, live in a digital wallet there are new sort of pinterest type boards right where you can pin you know, right you make your own digital collectors patch boards if you will yeah and show them off in, in, a, in a digital way and to your point dan right it's uh you know, I think for uh, people who like uncluttered, uh, you know, spaces, uh, NFTs are, you know, the path to decluttering your physical world. Well, so I, I, I agree with that. And, you know, at my age, all the things that I've collected in my life are becoming a burden. Mm -hmm. They're not fun anymore. And so I'm getting rid of a lot of stuff just because you have to worry about it getting stolen. You have to worry about is it going to get rusty? You have to worry about, you know, there's so many things. So I think this is a, a good thing, yeah. but then I'm going to, I'm going to shut up after one more question and then I'll let Cheryl have the floor with you. <laughs> How do I get a wallet? There are a number of companies that allow you to create a free wallet. Yeah. So yeah. one of the most popular ones is MetaMask, M-E-T-A-M-A-S-K. Okay. So MetaMask, uh, yeah, you can create a, a free digital wallet. There's another company called OpenSea, O-P-E-N-S-E-A, like the ocean. So OpenSea is an, is an open NFT marketplace, right? You'll If you go to OpenSea.io, the website, they have, I don't know, millions of NFTs you know, available for sale. It's sort of like an open air, you know, market, if you will, yeah. right? Yeah. You just sort of, you know, all sorts of, you know, artists and, and owners, um, so yeah, if creating a digital wallet is, uh, it's free, it's, um, it's, it's, it's relatively easy, but on the technology side, it, it, it can get easier. And so that's where, you know, when the technology makes it seamless and, and super easy to you know, create your account, you know, get onboarded, um, that's, that's when we're going to see like the next acceleration right, of, of new users, you know, create their digital wallets. Um, sometimes you, you need to purchase cryptocurrency, which is sort of a whole nother thing, uh, another process that I, I believe is actually a barrier, right, to, uh, to, to having people enter the NFT space. You know, with the recoil auction, right, you could just use a credit card if you wanted to, right? I feel like that's, that's the correct on-ramp for most people, right? It's like, don't, don't make them, you know, buy cryptocurrency first. It's like, look, just let them use a credit card. You know, you, maybe you're going to get charged a little bit more for credit card fees per chance. But um, yeah, the, uh, the creating a wallet is easy. So Cheryl, back to your okay. uh, point about, yeah, one, one thing when I was structuring the recoil NFT auction, I wanted to incentivize uh, the auction winners as much as possible, right? So not just as it you win the NFT itself, but right, you want a, you know, a signed copy of the magazine, uh, recoil subscriptions. Uh, the top five winners are going to be invited to a fun shoot with me and the recoil staff. But then there are this other component of donating a portion of the proceeds to Second Amendment organizations, right? That's something that's very important to me, right? That this, you know, that, the, you know, for, for me, I see a huge part of my success having come from the gun community. And so I need to constantly be giving back in meaningful ways. And so there's three organizations that I chose to be beneficiaries for the NFT auction. The first of which is the Firearms Policy Coalition, 
which has done tremendous work for us in the yes. court system and advocating you know, on, on our behalf. The second organization is the Pink Pistols, also known as Operation Blazing Sword. And they're a pro-LGBT, pro-Second Amendment organization. And I'm on the board of directors for the Pink Pistols. You know, and our mission is to train the LGBT community in fire, responsible firearms ownership and usage. And as a targeted minority community, you know, I, I'm advocating for, you know, for LGBT, members of the LGBT community to consider firearms as a part of, you know, our self-defense strategy. Lastly, APAGOA is a new organization that I co-founded, stands for Asian Pacific American Gun Owners Association. It's a pro-Asian Pacific American gun group, right? We're also focused on training, education, and community. And, you know, over the past two years with the extreme rise in racist attacks against Asian Americans in our country, we have seen a huge demand in firearms training, in, in, in just general education. And, you know, we want APA GOA, right, to be a, um, a, a place, right, for Asian Americans, right, to, to come to if they have questions about, you know, how do I go learn how to shoot? Do I just show up at a gun range? Well, can I rent a gun? You know, can I shoot a friend's gun, right? If, if they have a gun, all these like those, the standard basic questions, you know, we want APA GOA to be uh, right, a, a primary conduit uh, for, for Asian Americans, right? Who are looking uh, for that, that, either that first time shooting experience or buying their, their, their gun for the first time as well. Awesome. Absolutely. And, you know, it's so, um, we all have to have somebody that we can relate to, to help us when we're going into unfamiliar territory. And so, you know, each one of these firearms policy coalition, you know, pink pistols, operation blazing sword, and then the Asian Pacific American. So there are people out there that, you know, might relate on any of those three levels and, and feel like, okay, this is an organization that, that, I, I can ask these questions to, or begin to, to understand this world of firearms ownership and, and rights and, and those sorts of things. And, and this is no different with this whole brand new world of NFTs and digital currencies and digital collectibles. And so we have to have somebody that we could relate to and say, okay, Chris, we know each other well enough that I can ask you the dumbest question on the planet. And you will, um, you know, you'll laugh with me and not at me. You'll laugh with Absolutely. me, yeah. right? And we'll move through it. And, and I'll ask you 10 more times and you'll laugh with me all 10 times. And eventually I'll be able to enter this world and feel like, okay, now I can advise the next person. And so I think that's so amazing and perfect and beautiful that, you know, you're using one element to support uh, another element of your life and these groups that are, you know, a gateway for a lot of people that, you know, they're like, they're not necessarily going to walk into the next NRA meeting, but they would go to a, a pink pistols training class. Yeah. And so, you know, let me tell you a personal story that happened, you know, with the recoil magazine cover, which, you know, for me, it was, it really encapsulated like why, 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 why did I do the cover, right? So when the magazine was on newsstands, you know, I was visiting my parents in Southern California mm -hmm. and 
I wanted to take them to a Barnes and Noble, right? To kind of right show it'd be a fun little family outing. It's like right, how many you times? Talking, yeah, right? yeah, I'm peacocking, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And it's like, how many times am I going to, you know, be on a magazine cover and I'd be able to like show my parents, you know, on the magazine rack. Right. So, you know, we were just intending right, to go to Barnes and Noble, you know, I right, take some quick pictures, you know, I, I, I bought a few too to, uh, you know, help, uh, help pump the, pump the numbers a little bit. But so as I was just, you know, I was just casually talking to my parents in front of the newsstand and I saw a gay couple that was just, you know, they were just generally looking at the magazines on the stand. And, you know, recoil is off with, you know, all the other like kind of guns and outdoor, you know, kind of section of the magazine rack. And, you know, this gay couple, they weren't even looking right at any of the outdoor stuff, but they saw my shirt, right? They saw that shirt on the magazine cover with LGBT colors. And one guy goes, you know, to his, to his significant other, and he goes, Hey, like, look at that cover. And he took a picture of the magazine cover. Cause like that piqued his interest. Yeah. And like, for me, I was like, wow, like that's literally the whole point of this particular cover, right? That the second amendment is for all, right. Whether you're LGBT or Asian or anything else. And sometimes, right, it takes that, it's the visual, right, of, of somebody looking at something being like, I relate to this thing on some level, yeah. right? And it's that connectivity that reduces the fear, right? It, it makes it more approachable. And so if you take that physical example that I just provide, right, gay couple who sees the physical magazine on the rack, well, obviously the, the, the magazine's not on the rack anymore because, right, the next issue of Recoil has come out. Mm-hmm. But in the digital space, especially as NFTs or, or just generally, right? You can just Google, right? Google my name and you'll see the cover, right? It's the digital paradigm that allows that impact to exponentially, right? Fan out, right? It's like you could have other, you know, LGBT members of the community worldwide, right? So maybe they stumble upon, right? That, that digital version of the cover, whether it's the an NFT, right? Or just, right? Just a Google image search version. But the point is, Right, that 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 visual is having an impact, and it's the impact, uh, at least that I and Recoil wanted to see, right? Which is bringing in new people into the gun community. Absolutely, I I just love it, and we are so you know running out of time. We could keep talking for another hour if if I could have you, but we do have to wrap. Um, what you know, what lessons were learned through this first attempt? Is there another idea already brewing? Like, where, where are we with that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, it was a huge success. And yeah, there's definitely going to be uh, more activity, you know, in the NFT space, uh, you know, both for me personally, like I mentioned, I'm talking to Recoil and advising them on some of the next potential uh, NFT sales or auctions. Uh, I'm personally working on uh, a pretty big thing, which I hope uh, maybe I can come back on the show in a few months if I've yes. got, you know, something, uh, something big to announce. And then I've also been meeting with other NFT and crypto companies in the firearm space. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's not just me, thankfully, right? There's other uh, players in the firearms community that are also um, contributing, you know, to the NFT and crypto ecosystem. And there's some pretty exciting things coming down the pipeline. But like I said, Cheryl, earlier, you know, we are in the infancy stage, right? There's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of uh, new ideas. Some things will fail, 
some things will be very successful and some things will be moderately successful or as with anything else. Um, and, but this is the exciting part, right? Anybody who's entrepreneurial, right? Who's not afraid to try new things, who sees the vision or understands the vision of how crypto in general can be a positive uh, force, uh, you know, for, you know, lots of applications. Uh, I'm obviously very excited about NFTs and uh, its ongoing potential. So yeah, stay tuned. And again, uh, for, for listeners here, NFTs are here to stay. I, I hope this has at least piqued your interest and I wanna encourage you to not be frustrated. If you feel dumb, even after hearing us talk about this for you know, 30, 45 minutes, don't worry. That's very normal. I felt yeah. dumb and didn't understand this the first like 10 to 15 times that I heard it. So <laughs> carry on, you'll get it. It's gonna be fun and it's gonna be great. Well, I tell you, I've, I've learned a lot from this uh, 30 minutes and I've already got an idea. I can't tell on the air because I think it's so good that it needs to be mm. talked about later. Seriously, there you go. seriously, Chris, I, yes. love like, yes. I think I love I'm going to quit my day job. We... <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Which one, well, Maybe. Which one <laughs> of your day jobs? <laughs> because we have but a seriously, lot of jobs. <laughs> I mean, um, you know, talking about the famous people and doing it. Oh, I got an idea. Okay. Bye. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I, I gotta go. I'm going. I'm yeah. going. <laughs> All right, Chris. Chris thank is, you. Um, yes, thank you. This has been amazing, and I really do feel like I have a much better handle on on the whole idea. And um, you know, clearly, you're seeing Dan getting you know, ginned yeah. up and excited and the wheels are turning. I'm hoping that is happening all over the nation when people are, are hearing this episode and watching this episode and really all over the world, because we do, wherever there's internet, we have listeners and viewers. So you could have just given birth to a gajillion ideas all over the planet. Awesome. Well, thanks for, uh, for having me on as always. And yeah, uh, I just uh, this is a very exciting topic. I'm happy to come back and chat more about NFTs uh, whenever you have me back. It's a definite date. Absolutely. We are going to have you back on multiple times to continue talking about this. Um, Chris, tell folks how they can continue to follow your journey. And then also, you know, people who are just learning about recoil, maybe for the very first time, uh, you know, maybe throw them uh, a website or something that they can. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, I've written a number of articles on Medium. So if you go to medium.com slash at Top Shot Chris, uh, I've got a number of posts at Medium. Again, at Top Shot Chris is my uh, handle over at Medium. And then also I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at Top Shot Chris, which is uh, a very consistent handle, which thankfully is, uh, is available. And then I'm also at topshotchris.com. So yeah, anybody who wants to yeah, follow along or uh, if you want to contact me, uh, yeah, check me out uh, at any of my sites at Top Shot Chris. Fantastic. And then is Recoil Magazine, it is, do you spell out the whole, do we even know? I should have looked that up. I think it's recoilmagazine.com. Uh, for uh, recoilweb.com, recoil if you web. want to yeah, check out you know, any of uh, Recoil's articles. Yeah, they're, they're, they've been such a leader in developing the next phases of gun culture and you know recoil being involved in the nft auction right is this big 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 next step right to establishing the future of uh, a gun culture in the gun community so yeah please check out recoil uh, if you haven't already done so recoilweb.com 
Awesome. Thank you so much. Top shot, Chris. Chris, we appreciate thanks for you. everything you do, man. You, you're, you're, you're great. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Cheryl. Thanks, Dan. Bye-bye. Bye-bye right, now. Wow. What? Fun stuff. An awesome How come we can't understand what Jason's telling us when he talks about that? For <laughs> four days. Don't anybody tell Jason, Danny just said that. Four days. Jason can explain something. It is a never-ending conversation in our house. And he, poor Jason probably feels like, okay, if for the 900th time. Right, and he's told us everything that Chris just told us. But Sometimes but how come you we just didn't? need that next conversation, yeah, right? For right. it to start sinking in or... You and know, we've learned we, a lot since the last time we talked to Jason about it. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. And this is just a fascinating and fun, you know, so much in our world right now is heavy and serious and divisive. And here's something that is, um, it's fun. It's forward looking. It has a very hopeful, um, whole outlook to it. Right. And so I think that that is an awesome uh, conversation to have in, uh, the month of Thanksgiving, right? We're in Thanksgiving month and, uh, got my, got my Turkey colors on here. Got my little, little pumpkin behind me. See, it even has polka dots. So, <laughs> um, so this was awesome. And of course we are in the studio on November 8th of 2021. I always like to give people kind of an anchor as to where we are on the, the historical timeline of life. And um, this is going to be a wonderful conversation starter, probably around all the Thanksgiving dinner tables, all the holiday dinner tables. You know, there's so many things now that are like, can't talk about the weather because global warming, can't talk about what the kids are doing at school because, you know, education is like a big divisive topic now, can't talk about so many things. We could talk about NFTs. Yeah. And speaking of collectibles. Right. Let's talk about collectibles for a second. Okay. First of all, everybody needs to uh, take a look at the website at Pot of Gold Auctions. We have on December 6th, our annual gun auction, yes, military collectibles. You actually want to go to POG Auctions. So it stands yeah. for Pot of Gold Auctions, right. POGauctions.com. And um, yeah, you can click the current uh, auctions tab and you can actually see all of the auctions yes. we have published including the one dan's talking about and you can bid to your heart's content darling <laughs> no but there's um we've got several capture paper guns with the papers mm -hmm. and everything's no reserve mm -hmm. we've got gatling guns um a couple of machine guns yeah. there's colt single actions just a ton of stuff some metals bayonets and again, this is uh, December 6th. It's a Monday. It is the day after the SAR show, which I also want to plug. The SAR show is in Phoenix. It's a small arms review show with the Crossroads of the West. That is um, the week before that weekend of that. Mm -hmm. So that would be what the third. Let's fourth, see. Fifth? It's always on my third, birthday. fourth and fifth. So yes. it's the. So <laughs> you might want to check that out. I mean, you, you haven't been to a gun show until you've gone to the SAR show. It kind of reminds me of the day when they had the big shows in California yeah. way back. So way back. make sure you take a look at that. But uh, we won't be setting up this year at the show, mm -hmm. but uh, make sure you come and uh, on our website and look at that auction. Absolutely. All right. We have got to get out of here. We are way over time, but uh, I wouldn't have changed anything about today's show. Uh, please, if you like listening to the audio only version of 
these shows because you're out, you know, doing things. Oh my gosh. Doing things. The beautiful changing of the leaves. Oh, this weekend, my wife had a to-do list (laughs) that was never to get done. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was huge, but we did manage to get it done. It was a honey uh, please so and a honey do. I should have list, listened to right? Gun Freedom Radio while I was doing it. No, because then I'd have heard your voice. And then I would have been, <laughs> get that light bulb change. Get this. Oh, never mind. What was I saying? Hi. Oh, my God. Pray for our nation. All right. Coming back on the, putting the train back on its tracks. If you like listening choo, to choo. the audio only version of our show, please go to our website, gunfreedomradio.com. Click the on demand tab and binge listen to your heart's content if you like watching the video version of these shows you can find us on youtube gun streamer the opslin smartphone app and when you get to those locations please subscribe and and smash with your pinky up right very delicately uh the um announcement um the announcement button so that you will get an announcement uh, every time we post something new. And I think I just called that the wrong thing, but you will get there. Announcement button. I never heard of the announcement button. Let's see. Notifications. Notifications button. Thank you. I'm a little slow in the uptake today. Uh, And then what else are we going to do? Dan? We're going to pray for our nation. I'm even afraid to look at the news right now, but we need to pray for those people that are in office. Yeah. Pray for them. Yeah, for sure. Please, please, please. How about the ones that we're a little frustrated with right now? Uh, A little frustrated? Yeah, because there's some on both, on all spectrums, political spectrums. Yeah, even we're a little frustrated. Even the side that you think that's on the right, that's on the side of cleaning this mess up, did some kind of weird things this week. I think they do a lot and we just ignore it, let it slide or don't hear about it. But what about the ones that we're frustrated with? Do we pray for them too? Yeah. No. You don't no. sound sincere. Yes, we pray for them too, maybe especially for them. All right, until next time, be good to each other. Have a great week and God bless. God bless. Bye bye.